I hope you guys have your drinks ready tonight uh, because Ryan, Dave, and myself are going to be talking about a big game for the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of jobs on the line, playoffs on the line, uh, and it all happens 24 hours from now. So grab that drink and join in. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am chuckling as I just found out that Flo Rida is the halftime performer <laughs> to the Vikings-Steelers game tomorrow night. Um, so I apologize for being a little uh, caught off guard here. But uh, welcome to tonight's show. We're here as a mix of a, a therapy session uh, a mix of God, I don't even know what else to call it. This season has just, I, I was talking to my grandpa the other day and since he introduced me to the team, I don't think any season that I can remember has been quite like this one. Like we've had some bad seasons, but every single game, regardless of the opponent, whether they're the Green Bay Packers or the winless Lions, we're coming down to the final freaking play every single week. And so, man, I just, I'm eager to get your guys' thoughts, talk about whatever the hell we're about to witness tomorrow night and, and go from there. So, Ryan, let's start with you. How are you doing tonight? What are you drinking Give me some some takeaways from from Sunday's shit show. Yeah, um, I, I'm feeling all right. It's a busy day at work, busy day with the family. Um, yeah, I got my daughter upstairs, and my other two kids are off doing activities. So um, you know, uh, it's good though. We're doing well. Uh, trying to drink away the sorrow of last week. Still, unfortunately, um, my record just keeps taking a plunge. I was like, I started off. I think like six and two, seven and two, and I've lost a few straight. Hey, speak for yourself, um, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm drinking Woodford Reserve Double Oaked again. I actually went and hey. you know I hate going to Total Wine because um, you know you go there. I went there literally this last <laughs> weekend for literally um, a twelve pack, two twelve packs, and and a, a bottle of. Um, of uh four roses small batch you know that's my f- mm-hmm. favorite everyday sipping bourbon and, and Joseph, i end up walking out yeah i have that in the car I, I, and I just didn't want to open it like i was like i already have this one open I don't, i'm not gonna open a brand new but i end up walking out of there you know should have been a 80 dollar trip or whatever end up spending about 250 they, they had the ron swanson uh uh nick offerman edition lagavulin uh 11 year uh scotch Damn. so i had to uh i had to jump on that uh, and then uh they had that basil hayden toast so again i'm really locked and loaded for the rest of this year and uh for each of the these um happy hours so going to the game dave uh, hold on hold on one second ryan oh yep Dave, if you look at your phone, I, I didn't get one personally, but did you get an invite to go to Ryan's after he got all that uh, that liquor? Because I, no, I sure as I hell didn't. didn't. Not, that's, not that's popped up on my phone. <laughs> I haven't got it on messages or Twitter. Just, or just checking. I don't want to no be excluded. Email, no nothing. 
Yeah, my bad, guys. You're shit, always Eric. welcome. You're always welcome. We got plenty of booze in this household today. So, uh, and I've Before Ryan talks about too. the Lions, uh, shout out to, to our regulars in the chat here. Mary, Clifford, Raymond, uh, Vikings, Jerome, Joseph. We got Nicholas tonight. Uh, Mark had a good comment. So let's let's keep those comments flowing. And Ryan, Nicholas now back. Mm-hmm. you can give us the – the the recap from last week. <laughs> Joseph um, saying that's what happens to him when he goes to Total Wine. I know that feeling, <laughs> Joseph. Yeah, anytime, anytime, any liquor store, you're just especially when you cool, go. Yeah. Um, I went pre like we were doing a fun party bus. I was trying to get excited. We had a neighborhood party bus Saturday night, trying to get a little ramped up, a little excited before this Lions win, and I had a great time and. Uh, and then come into the day hungover is all hell, um, having to drive down <laughs> to go pick up my kids from my parents' house. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's just watch the game here. You know, the game starts out, you know, we're, we're playing okay, holding them off, which is good. And uh, as soon as I got to my parents' house, I was listening to PA on the radio. As soon as we get to the parents' house, it just went all the shit from there. Uh, six points were already scored by the time I had gotten there, and we couldn't get a damn drive to sustain all the way to the end zone in the first half. And this is just absolutely pathetic. I'm so sick and tired of this, this team and, and, and the hot and cold that they provide on offense, on defense. I mean, in the first half, defense was playing well, or I'm sorry, defense was playing whatever, mediocre. And then in the second half, they just shit the bed. And then the offense – could not show up at all on in the first half. And then they go put up 21 points in the second half, just in time for all these Kirk Cousins lovers to come in and say, well, it's not Kirk's fault. He put up 27 points. How is this Kirk's fault? Well, where the hell were you in the first half? Where were you when we put up six points against a winless Lions, against one of the worst defenses in the league, against a depleted secondary, against just a god-awful team? And we only put up six points in the first half. Where were you then? Like, I, I'm so sick and tired of this narrative that Kirk Cousins is this great court. He is. He's a very good quarterback. You're right. Congratulations on putting up good stats. But where are you when we need you? Where are you when we can put teams away early? Why do we have to wait until the very last minute of games to get the fucking back in the game? Like, I don't understand it. I'm so fed up. I, 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 I'm done with this regime. I'm done with Kirk. I'm done with Zimmer. I'm done. I, I'm maybe not done with Spielman yet. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent there. <laughs> Definitely done with Clint Kubiak. Like we just need something else. Uh, there's just something else that needs to be done. I'm going to be going broke with all the liquor. I'm going to be continuing to buy a total wine with the team playing the way it is because I am so fed up with that first half. I'm so fed up with the end of that game. What the hell are you doing, Cam Dantzler, Xavier Woods? And then Xavier saying we are in the right position. No, the hell you weren't. Your your job is to get onto the goal line and stay there. And if they can sub, I was talking to Crockett the other day. He's been on the show before. And I'm sitting there saying, hey, Crockett, here's the issue. If we sit there on the goal line, they have to go behind us. If Jared Goff's good enough quarterback, which he's not, to make a pass over Cam Dancer's head in the back corner of the end zone and Amon Ross St. Brown can miraculously make a really good catch to lose that game, I, I, I can tuck 
some of this frustration away and and say, okay, that was a good throw. That was a good pass. That was a good catch. You you made the play to win the game. We gave them that game. We gave it to them. And if Zimmer's preaching that in the locker room, what the fuck is he doing? Sorry for the language. I am so upset. I'm so upset by the end of that game, and I'm ready to – I've written off this team. I don't care if they go on a great run for the rest of the year and we make the playoffs. We will not win games because of the way we play uh, football. We will not win the games in when it matters the way well, we play football. I already called it, right, because we're going to go on a win streak here, right? It's 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 – the script is so perfect as a Viking fan right now because it's it's everything we know, right? They're going to rip off three wins here. Uh, we're going to go to Lambeau and lose. We'll be 8-8 eight and eight, heading into Chicago. S- miraculously, I-, I bet some teams will lose, so we'll be in a position to be in the playoffs at home against the Bears. And what will happen, Dave? What will happen that final week for a winning-in scenario? We've seen it before. We have, and I, I can't bet on it. They might win this one just to lose it in the next, you know, first round of the playoffs. I have no idea. I mean, this whole season has been on rerun, like a VHS tape where you hear a and it goes back to the Donald yep. spot, and we watch a new game. And it's back it goes. Uh, why we were smiling so much, Ryan, during that is if you saw the final score, uh, you sounded like somebody I know. <laughs> yes. I I, I'm sure he has a great beard, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't just it wasn't just flipped on Sunday. Dave, Dave, Dave in, in Sunday's final score was the most heated I think I've ever seen him. He... I think he was more heated than Flip, and that says something. If if anyone listening right now, I just I would implore you to go back and just watch the fifteen minutes of Dave ranting. Uh, It is incredible, Uh, (laughs) Ryan. Clearly, you're upset. And, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt going. real quick too, because uh, I'm in this mood. I'm in this mood. I'm gonna roll up my sleeves. I'm in this mood right now where I'm gonna go in a little rant. We have, so obviously we're not playing well, right? I mean, clearly we're 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 playing down to our opponents. We're playing up to our opponents, which is, I, I guess, a good thing. You know, like you said in the pre-show, we got the. We got the Packers, or not the pre-show, earlier in the show. We got the Packers playing well enough to beat them, playing bad enough to lose to the Lions, barely beating a bad Panthers team, barely beating a bad Lions team earlier this year, so on and so forth, right? We still have sections of this fan base, which, again, I'm not trying to fault anyone for being optimistic. Be optimistic. I love optimism. I'm typically optimistic, this team has beaten me down to the, at this point, so this is why I am the way I am right now. But <laughs> that's why you have two hundred fifty dollar liquor store bills. That's right. But we we have literally sections of this fan base, and there's one person in particular I won't mention names Thanks, who's saying who's saying we were there. Like we shouldn't blow anything up. We shouldn't uh, fire Zimmer, or maybe he's saying we could fire Zimmer, but we don't need to blow things up because we're in every game. Do you realize that we're in games against really bad teams? 
Like, yes, of course, we're in games against the 10-2 and two, uh, Cardinals. And sure, if one thing goes uh, one way or one thing goes in another way, we're 8-2 and two instead of 5-7, and seven, whatever. We also could very easily be 2-and-whatever, right? 2-and-how many games have we played? 9, right? Like, we easily could be that, too. So it's like when you have the inconsistency this team has had all year long in terms of being able – or I shouldn't say inconsistency. When you have the consistency – all year long of this team losing leads in, in terms of this team being in the final play of the game against good teams and bad teams, that is not a formula for sustained success. Good teams put away bad teams. Good teams play up to better competition and give a fight. We are doing the second half of that, but we are not. And and, and the, the, that's the easy part is we are not taking care of the bad teams. And to sit here and say that we don't need some sort of change is preposterous. Preposterous. And I think I think that's kind of what led to a lot of frustration on Sunday because if you think back a week ago, right, we all sat here with our score predictions so confident that this was a game to right the ship. If you're going to make the push to the playoffs, you go into Detroit, you kick their ass, you come back home on a short week with that momentum, and let's let's finish the season strong. Instead, they came out flat. The offense didn't really get going until the second half. Same could be said for the defense, although they shit the bed at the very end. Um, and so I think that's that's the thing, right? We have the second part of what you said as we, we are playing up to those better opponents. We played the Ravens tight. We played the Packers tight. We played the Cardinals tight. Those are legit playoff contenders in the NFL this season. But then you look at the bottom of the barrel and we're within like three plays of losing twice to the Lions and to the Panthers. Like that is inexcusable. And so, Dave, I aim this question at you. We talked a little bit about it on Sunday, and I know that Kirk Cousins is getting a lot of blame, but is Zimmer getting by with not enough, like, fingers being pointed at him? No. Because I just, I, I, I've, I, I, I've heard that. Why, why I Kirk, titled this episode um, that it's dark, and I wanted to say it gets dark out early, is that. Everything was resolved after last week's game. We know Zimmer's going to be gone. Barring some sort of miracle run to the Super Bowl, Zimmer will be gone. It's not going it, – there's nothing. He, he's – it's not that he's lost the team. The team still loves him. It's just that we have all this built up over time where he can't – he hasn't been able to affect it, whether it be through – uh, how the offense plays and calls plays, because you know, as I stated on Sunday, you had six trips into Detroit territory and you came out with a grand total of nine points. That's horrible. Um, it was on. Wasn't until the seventh that you started scoring points when the you know you're coming from behind and you need to patch your stats. The play calling that got you there has been so schizophrenic. You have got good plays, and then you just have a series of absolutely horrible ones. And if Kirk gets in his mind that he doesn't want to take any risks, and then everything's uh, screens to the flats, 
throw behind the line or two down checkdowns to CJ Hemp. And it's and that does us no good. Part of that's play calling, right? Now, why doesn't Zim take more ownership over that play calling? I know Zimmer likes the big explosive plays. And I know, as everybody says, he's a 1990s or 80s guy and he loves his run. Yeah, he does love the run. The run's important. But run is complementary to the passing game and how you want to use both to maximize production. That has never, never meshed, right? And he needs to be able to do that. So after Sunday, basically everybody's Zimmer's gone. Cool. We've zenned out over it. Yes, we can feel better. It's dark. The season's dark. We know there'll be changes at the end of the season, right? The question is, who else goes, right? When do they go, right? There could be a mistake if you take Zimmer out, say, Friday. Say we lose badly to the Steelers, and you want Zimmer out. There'll be screams for fire Zimmer, fire Zimmer, fire Zimmer, right? And But you fall into the trap if you fire Zimmer too early, and then stick somebody like Andre Patterson in, and Andre does well, and then they go, well, we're going to keep Andre Patterson because he did well. We've gone through this before. Where the interim does well, we keep the interim, and then we get two or three yeah. more years of garbage, right? It doesn't. We get more of the same. I shouldn't say garbage. More of the same. And you can't do that. What you got to do is you got to fire Zimmer, got to fire Spielman, and then they'll let the new guys deal with Kirk, whether it be trade him preferably – get picks, get whatever, try to get rid of most of that salary, and start fresh. You need that fresh observation. Question is, and it's come up, I've seen it come up in a couple of spots, is will the Wilfs do that? We don't know. Um, if they don't fire Zimmer or don't fire Spielman, then we think they don't really want to win a Super Bowl. They just want to be competitive and fill the seats. And I will argue that that's the case. They've always wanted to fill the seats. That's why they they seem to be okay with being the worst of the best or the best of the worst because they sell out yeah. all the time, right? They're making money. Um, if you want to win, you've got to start over. Spielman's been with the team, what, over 12 years? Um, yeah. And he's gone through numerous. He's affected it even before he was in 100% full charge. He's affected the team, right? And then you have uh, Mike come on, and Mike did great at the beginning, but then it seems to have, uh, I think he was, Cousins was forced on him, and it, it, it hasn't gone well. I mean, 2017 was the high point, and it hasn't gone well since the NFC Championship in 2017. It, it's time for a change. And I think most fans have resigned themselves um, to that. Mary, I disagree with you. Zimmer has not lost a team. Most players love him and still play for him. It's I don't think that is it. It's not like they're disregarding what he says. They're working hard. Um, I don't I don't think that he's lost the but team. Did it's, you did you see Lene's comment up there? No, says he was at the Detroit game, six rows behind the Vikings bench, uh-huh. and. You know, the vibe is just total apathy and no drive in some of those players. So a majority of the players, she says. Um, now, and it, and it, you can tell on screen, you that. can tell on screen that was the case. Like, you can tell that there was no, like, especially when, like, Thielen went down, like, pretty early on in the game, too. Like, 
you can just tell that this team's deflated for whatever reason. It might not be that they've lost the locker room. I'm not necessarily saying that they lost the locker room, but it does seem like this team is deflated somehow. Like they don't have hope or they don't um, – I, I, I don't How know what it is. Though? All I know is – If every week it's coming right. down to the final play – Right. And well, like, that's uh, do something about it. And then do something about it as players. I mean, obviously, you can only do it so much. But, like, do something about it then. If you don't want the yeah. play to come down to the final, or if you don't want the game to come down to the final play, then get your ass out there, make a play for your team, and go score some points or get a big stop. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that, I mean, it is hard. It's NFL, it's a lot harder than us sitting on an effing couch watching the game saying, what are you doing? I mean, I get it. It's much harder than we make it seem, but like these are professional athletes that need to have pride in what they're doing. And and, I mean, I can't imagine what Justin Jefferson's thinking after putting up a pretty darn good game um, in the effort he put out there of like, Oh, we just lost to a winless team. Like how, how can he feel like, what am I doing here? Like, that's what I'd feel like. And I was never that good at any sport to, to be able to have that moxie to do that. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just outside of him playing confidently uh, and Kirk Cousins being a robot, like, everyone else just seems down. And well, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. Over half the defensive um, starters out, basically. The um, It's hard. When you got backups that aren't wouldn't normally be backups, and you don't have stuff, that's how the defense gets upset. And what was it on? Uh, and I thought I thought Deshaun made a good point on Monday on Monday's show where he was saying, "Yeah, you can get by with a spot starter here and there, but right. when you have, I mean, what we had both linebackers, all three linebackers in base defense um, as backups. You had a backups cornerback." Uh, you had backup defense alignment, backup uh, – all defense alignment were backups. Besides, well, I guess we had our starting tackles, I guess. But, you know, like no, – and then now you have a thir- – Not last week. You had Pierce. I think Pierce was the only one. Yeah, you, you had Pierce. You had Pierce. So, like – so you have, uh, you know, you, you have a bunch of defense. And then even on offense, right, you have Madison, you have Udo, yeah, you have uh, Osborne. Uh, Osborne, yep, exactly. Like, uh, really, if you if you think about it, Conklin's a backup. Technically, he's just been our starter all year long, right? But like, so we we're hurt, and I get that. But like, when you're paying a quarterback, when you're paying a quarterback that much Bingo. money, and you and and you expect and and again, everyone's telling me because his stats say that he's a great quarterback, or at least a high, like definitely above average quarterback. Where where is him li- uplifting the team enough to overcome some of these issues? Right, like I'm not saying that he needs he's the reason our team sucks. I'm not saying that he's definitely not. But what I'm saying is when you're paying somebody to be a top five quarterback based on cal- salary cap hit, you need to get the results of a top five quarterback, and he doesn't provide that. He's doing great. He really is. He's putting up a darn good year. But what he's not doing is getting us over the hump. And that's what a quarterback needs to do in these situations. Interesting observation, Steve. Um, We all saw a tweet today where somebody complained that Kirk is so good. How do you expect him to do so well and carry the team when the the offensive line is not good and the defense is devastated with injuries? And the reply to that is, well, Russell Wilson did it. Um, You see 
top five quarterbacks that do that more often than not. Yeah, they'll lose a couple, but they'll be fighting to get there. You don't see one that takes the first half off and doesn't start scoring till the second half. Um, that's just, and that, that's why we're frustrated. And the frustration will end. That's why I'm saying Sunday was a good day. Uh, the wins, losses, and, you know, Vikings versus Steelers. Sunday was a good day. One of the wins, we took Monday's show positive, is that it's it's clear. Mike Zimmer is going to, we're going to have a new head coach next year. Right? And probably a very new coaching staff. However, I wouldn't mind keeping the special teams guys. He's pretty good. Um, we the should one have thing that. that hopefully, I, we have a new. Uh, hopefully, Spielman isn't the one picking the new coach. Hopefully, it's a new GM. And then, hopefully, Kirk Cousins gets traded for a couple first round picks or whatever because all his good stats are boosting his level of trade value. And we can start the rebuild. And it's not going to be a long rebuild. We've got too many core pieces that are young and on the offense and a couple on the defense. Defense is going to be the hardest one to do. But it is something that's necessary. Everything gets stale after a while. It is stale. Yeah. Um, Mike Zimmer no longer There's yells and screams at players, and that's probably because somebody told him <laughs> not to. Uh, you know, what I want to say, what I want to say about that quick too, uh, just to your point there, Dave, a little bit is that like rebuilds don't, I mean, everyone hears the word rebuild and it's automatically like, Oh, well, here we go again. We're going to become the lions or the Browns of old or it's a possibility, but whatever. And, and, and sure. Yeah, that could happen, but good franchises can do a quick rebuild. I mean, you look at the, the Ravens, for example, the Ravens had like what one bad year uh, between their rebuild, basically maybe two where they had, and they had a good succession plan. Right. But like they were bad for a year. So they knew they had to, to go and revitalize this team and they went and got Lamar Jackson. Right. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, there's some other teams out there. I, I don't have any, any in my mind at the moment, but like you look at some of these teams where it's like a rebuild doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, like tear everything down to the studs. And, and I mean, I guess technically that is a rebuild. Maybe we retool whatever you want to term you want to use. We have some really good pieces in place. But last office. year was supposed yeah. to be our retool. So I, I think what we, what, I think, I think what we did last year was we, um, we tried to, um, <laughs> we tried to uh, like spot cover up some paint spots in our uh, where our handprints were uh, in, in the living room. You know what I mean? Versus you know whitewashing and repainting, uh, whitewashing and repainting, which is what we which is what I'm saying we need to do. We don't need to tear down the dang walls and put up new everything, right? We need to whitewash and repaint, and and we can do that quickly. I mean, we have a quarterback that we're. Maybe we're going to keep, maybe we don't. Let's get a secession plan in place. Let's, uh, you know, keep Jefferson happy. Let's get an offensive play caller that is competent. Our offense is going to be okay. Now let's take our time quick to rebuild that defense. This is a class in on the defensive side that's actually pretty strong. It, it doesn't have a ton of uh, offensive firepower, especially in the terms of a quarterback. But you have some yeah. really good receivers in this class. You have some running backs, which we don't really need, but there's some running backs deep. There's a really good tight end class. And um, and I'm sorry, on defense, 
there's some really, really good corners in this class. There's a, not a huge depth at D tackle, but there's some good guys up near top. Defensive end is very deep, in my opinion, from the analysis I've done so far. And linebackers are very deep. We're going to lose Barr. We need somebody opposite Hunter if he decides if we decide to keep him. We probably need a real true three tech, and we definitely need cornerbacks. We're gonna be able to hopefully hit some home runs. Maybe let me draft this year because I've been knocking out of the park with my analysis uh, these last couple years. Yeah. Creed Humphrey, uh, Jalen Johnson. I mean, I have some of these guys where that were my guys that are knocking it out of the park in the NFL. Maybe they should hand the keys over just an interim basis, and maybe I can earn the job. I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. <laughs> but but I like, all honesty, this is a good opportunity. I have like three things I want to get to quick. This is going way back uh, in this pod, maybe like five, ten minutes here, but you mentioned the injuries that the Vikings have had this year. I read something today that tomorrow night, assuming all are a go, it'll be the first time this season that Pierce, Tomlinson, Barr, uh, and Kendrick spoiling one of my will... surprises. Me? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, on, you should have told me. Um, they will. They will all be on the field for the first time this season. Yes, they will. Um, The second thing I wanted to bring up, we've talked a lot about Zimmer and Spielman tonight, uh, and I know there's a lot of lost faith within a, there you go, some of Dave's artwork, Uh everybody, if you're watching on YouTube. um, We talked about Zimmer and Spielman and how maybe their, their time has come to just move on. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for a second. The the luck, it's not even luck, the bad luck that this team has had, Zimmer and Spielman, uh, when you think about drafting a franchise quarterback and Teddy gets hurt, who knows where his trajectory would have gone if he didn't get hurt. Probably is playing at a similar level to what he probably would be here. But the team loved him, Zimmer loved him, whatever. Jeff Gladney, first-round cornerback, looked very promising last year, got into some legal tr- trouble. Two years in a row, Daniil Hunter has been hurt out for the season. A lot of injuries, a lot of off-the-field stuff that we just can't quite predict. Do they get a, a pass for that? I'll leave that question to Ryan. This, the, the question I'm going to leave for Dave is the one that Raymond asked uh, in the chat, which is if we get a new GM and coach, and Kirk extends and gives a friendly contract to the team, would you be okay with that? So, Dave, I'll let you go first. Oh, good, because I wanted bring to, it to Ryan. specifically address that one. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. J- Joe brings up a good one, too. Mike Hughes, right? Okay. That's another just injury, oh, injury, injury career. all four years. Injuries. We, we get rid of him, and now he's playing great. Or, well, not We're excluding great. Treadwell, Wang, Wang Win. We're excluding uh, him. No, there's a bunch of first-round busts. Treadwell's probably one of the worst. Um but who in their right mind thinks Kirk Cousins will give even with an extension? And I agree with Miles last night. If he gets an extension, it needs to be a long one that could be manipulated. Who in their right mind thinks he's going to do it on a team-friendly deal? Kirk Cousins, his entire career. I mean, if, career, if he wants to win, if Kirk he wants C- to win, he'll do it. 
He doesn't want to win. He doesn't care about winning. He cares about, about money. money. No, I, I get that. I mean, it's it's been evident since his time in Washington. But my point is, if he wanted to win, you why does Tom Brady win? Other than well, the fact that he's a great quarterback. Yeah, and, and he's willing to. He knows how to abuse people. When they make a mistake, he takes advantage of it. Kirk doesn't But he's also do got that. like a, a cap hit thing. of like 15 million. Half. Right. No, that's part of it. Two he thirds. goes, here, coach. Take ten million off my salary so you can get me some offensive linemen that are quality. Oh, Chris Kirk Godwin wants to stick around, that. but he needs two million dollars. Okay, take my money uh-huh. so we can keep him here. Well, and, and and you know what that does for you too? That makes you more money long term. Imagine if yes, he doesn't does. do that throughout the rest of his whole career. You know, maybe injuries pile up. Maybe his body doesn't hold up till he's age 44 and still playing in the NFL. But he t- took those times off. So now he's making this, what, 20-ish, $25 million a year for an additional 10 years yeah. than most quarterbacks do because he stayed healthy. He had one year where he got hurt, one year. And, out- and that was just a fluke ACL, right? And outside of that, he's been healthy his whole career because he's always yeah. done this. And it's elongated his career maybe five to ten years. And in those five to ten years, he made up all that little discounts he missed. He's made up in those in those extra years that he's gotten to play. And he's had quality Ryan, linemen protecting him all the whole time. Yep. I, I just looked at the clock. Uh, don't cruising. worry about it. Um, but but – but, but I want to get I do want to get to tomorrow's game. But before we get there, scrap my question, Ryan. The question I want you to answer is what Lene put in the chat. Uh, what are the three top things that Ziggy and Mark Wilf uh, need to do to right the ship and put them on a on a positive trajectory? It can start now. It can start you know in January, whatever. Just yeah, putting you on the spot. Yeah. I- Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think they need to address the head coach. I mean, obviously, I think that's our number one issue, unfortunately. And again, there's nothing against Zimmer. Zimmer has been a good coach. It's just he's just wore out his welcome. No offense. Like, it's just it is what it is. It's stale. It's stagnant. The message isn't hitting home anymore. Um, I think we just need some fresh new ideas. So I think one uh, addressing head coach. Personally, I think it needs to be some sort of offensive-minded head coach. One of the issues we've had as this team is anytime we've had any sort of offensive success, Kevin Stavansky, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, it starts with an S. Um, he's the Broncos offensive coordinator now. He went to the he went to the Giants. Pat, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Oh, sorry. Um, so. Anytime we've had any sort of offensive success, our our offense goes away basically because they go get ahead of coaching yep. job, and now we're starting from scratch. So if we can have an opportunity to have sustained offensive success, um, that's that's got to be priority number one. Number two, I think we need to get a GM here who, um, while retaining some of the staff that we currently have, like Rob Brzezinski, but Rob get a, Brzezinski, a GM in here. If- if I was talking to yeah. the Wilfs, Rob Brzezinski does not go anywhere. You give that guy yeah, a we promotion, pay him. you make sure you lock him in for forever. I might even entertain making him GM. Yeah, I mean, whatever. You, as long as you come in with a really strong scouting department behind that, because uh-huh. you my, have to. One of the one of the things that we have, uh, and again, I, I'm going to just go back to your other question too, Matt, a little bit while it's still answering. Yeah, us. go for it. If you take a look. 
If you take a look at our draft classes over the since that 2015 historic 2015 draft, where we drafted, I think that was Waynes, Kendricks, Hunter, Diggs, and we had some other contributors in that class. I was talking this over with Crockett the other day. He had a long drive to Florida that I was uh, entertaining him on. We have had three quality players drafted basically since then. And when I mean quality, I mean like high-functioning starters. And one of that's a projection in Christian Derrissaw. We have Christian Derrissaw. We have Justin Jefferson, of course. And we have Ezra Cleveland. Outside of that, it's garbage or middling backup talent. In middling backup talent, I'm going to go with Cam Dantzler, DJ Wanham, Garrett Bradbury, because he's garbage. He's, he's He should be a backup. Irv Smith, he's been injury luck, whatever, but he ha- he hasn't shown to be anything more than a backup because he's been hurt. Um, and, uh, and Alexander Madison. And then you got like mm-hmm. the Armand Watts. Uh, Ole- oh, and yeah, and Brian O'Neill. Sorry, I wasn't going far enough down on my list. And so, yeah, so we have four quality starters out of that. Out of, I don't know how many picks it is, but it's at least – 25 or so picks. Right. Definitely more than that, actually. Everybody thinks it's like, it's like a, a good, a good GM. Uh, sure. You need to like hit your early picks and you need to find some home run hitters in the, in the late draft. I did a, I, I kind of did a stupid tweet the other day. And again, um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> obviously I have, obviously I have my like, OU bias or whatever, but like you take a look at, my draft board and what I would have done with had the As draft someone mentioned exactly. <laughs> Oh yeah. And Drew Samia, Hey, that's somebody I would have missed on too. I a hundred percent agree. I'm not perfect, but what I'm saying is I looked at this last draft and based on my board and who I would have taken when I had the opportunity to, we would have Trey Smith here who is like a now like going to be like a franchise right guard for the chiefs. We'd have a franchise center in Creed Humphrey. We'd uh, again, going off of the way things fell, right. We'd have hopefully a franchise left tackle in Derrissaw Cause I do think that was the right move. Um, and we would have had some hits on some quality corners and linebacker and whatnot. Again, I put a tweet out there. You guys can look at it if you want, but the whole point is, is if I can do that from my couch and I don't even know what the heck I'm doing, I'm not like a skilled scout or anything. This is just a fan doing, you know, YouTube analysis and, and all 22 analysis, if I can get it, like why, why can't our coaches do that? Or why can't our scouts do this or our scouting department or Rick Spielman? And, and again, and I, I go back to in years past, Jalen Johnson was my guy over Jeff Gladney. He is playing very well for the bears right now. Man. You know, again, we have all these small little 20, examples. 20, but. <laughs> I, I, no, a hundred percent. And I could have been wrong and Jeff Gladney could have been great. But what I'm saying is he wasn't, and he isn't, he, you know, obviously he wasn't good last year and then he got his legal business. And now Jalen Johnson's becoming a, a, a small star in Chicago. Uh, so going back to her question, right. Get the um, coach, right. Get the GM, right. In terms of, getting a good quality scouting department because Rob's got contracts under control. As long as we can retain him, we, we just need scouting. Right. And then, and then lastly here is we need to uplift this fan base and get them excited again, because we're all tired. So you need to make a splash. I don't know what that splash is. Maybe it's a couple of big free agent signings. Maybe it's a, a big trade like trading Kirk cousins. It's gotta be something that's splashy that gets people excited or gets people buzzing. Those are the three things I need. I think I would like to see to have that ship righted and uh, get us moving in the right direction again. Now, the one Dave. area, uh, well, I would correct Ryan. Ryan, you talked about all the missed draft picks. 
Start thinking about all the missed free agent moves. There are more of those. Yep. And I'd be curious, I was just thinking, of, since Scott Studwell left. Show the artwork, Dave. Has the quality gone down? Dave, best one of them, artwork. Yes, I'd have to pull it up. Um, I think I think that was so, only uh, this last draft, basically, is uh, the only draft he wasn't involved in. And again, this draft is probably the best one in a couple of years. The last two. No, not, no, it's not. This is not a great draft, actually, but. To be fair, too, though, free I mean, agents typically aren't hits, right? Like, no, but we've t- we brought in free agents should, yeah. that's made big differences. Um, generally, yeah, a free agent, absolutely. when you go out and get the cheapies, you maybe have a 50% hit rate, right? But there's also the big trades. We thought last year getting in Gakwe would be that big trade, right? This year, we traded a fourth for Herndon. And what have we gotten out of that? Next to nothing. Um, all that plays into your ability as a GM, as a personnel guy, running a personnel department, right? Whether it be coaching college talent and whether they are capable, have the talent and they're capable of developing into an NFL-level player because there is a big yeah. step. I don't care what position you play. Some positions, it's more of a step, but it's a big step from college to the NFL. And then there's looking at other teams' players and saying, I want this guy, whether it be identifying somebody off a practice squad that has potential and, hey, I'm going to take this guy and I see something and I'm going to make it, or make the big trade years ago for Jared Allen, who becomes the best you know, pass rushing D, uh, defensive end there is and excites the team. Uh, there's a tr- trade for Steve Hutchinson, uh, the whole move on that one to get him. All those sort of things are good moves. Poison pill. And GMs know how to do that. And that poison pill was Rob Brzezinski. Um, that's why, if you want to think out of the box, make Rob the GM. Um, hey, and hey, Doug, I saw your comment, Doug. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I think it would be hard to focus, but at the same time, if you don't focus, she ain't gonna stick around very much longer. So you better you better write the ship there too. Um, Linnea, I think we'll we will have whenever the inevitable uh, shoe drops, we will have an episode where we talk about new head coaches, OCs, uh, defense coordinators. I think. Uh, oh yeah, I probably don't know you're, as much, you're but hear uh, more about it. As- Ryan is going to be good for you guys there. He he knows his shit when it comes to that. So we've we've talked a lot about the past. Let's move a little bit to the future. It's a short week for us. Uh, we have the Steelers at U.S. Bank Stadium tomorrow. Uh, they are slightly banged up. I think I saw that Joe Hayden is out. Uh, and if everybody's watching on YouTube, this was supposed to be a collab show. Darren was supposed to show up, which is Dave's co-host for two old bloggers on Saturday. And he bailed on us. Yeah. Uh, His daughter had something going on and he's being a good parent. And I can understand that. (laughs) So anyway, it's going to be us three bozos here talking about this week's game against the Steelers. So with that being said, uh, let I me mentioned Joe Hayden through. was out. Let me yeah, take go you ahead, through Dave. our normal process. On two yeah. old bloggers on Saturday, your Climbing the Pockets pregame show. We always start out with a generic stat deep dive. 
And by generic, we compare offense versus defense, defense versus offense, special teams, etc. And today, tonight will be no different. We start out with this slide. This slide shows the Vikings offense versus the Steelers defense. We're not showing offense versus offense or defense versus defense because they don't, you know, the offense doesn't play the offense and the defense doesn't play defense. So why bother? So we, we got them who they play. Here we start out with PFF scores always on top. And PFF, football, we go football outsiders, and then we go Elias Sports Bureau. And if you're not familiar with the Elias Sports Bureau, you are familiar with NFL.com and ESPN and CBS Sports. Elias is the stat company that feeds all of those. Those are your generic box score stats. Those are your yards, your completions, your touchdowns, all that stuff. That is Elias Sports. Now, we start here with the Vikings offense. Vikings offense stayed the same for PFF. Overall, they give them an 11th power ranking. Steelers is a 21st power ranking. They do not like the Steelers offense a whole lot. And the Steelers offense, you got to remember, they're 6-5 and five on this season. They are also very much in the same boat as the Vikings. They are out of the playoff picture right now, but they're close to getting in it. If they go on a long run at the end of the season, they might fight their way in. So they're very close. Football outsiders, we stay the same. Eighth on offense for DVOA. Uh, I think we dropped down from second to third and pass. We stayed 29th in the run because we haven't been that good at the run lately. And a lot of that has to do with Dalvin Cook. Uh, the Pittsburgh offense in DVOA is 27th. They're worse than even PFF. You mean, and, and you, you mean their defense, right? We're their comparing defense. by offense their versus defense their defense. Their defense is 27th. Okay. Worse than uh, the Steelers have, or than PFF has them. And we'll get to some of the defensive players. They've got some good players on their defense. Then we get down to Elias. You know, we're still six in yards, seventh in passing. These are the stats that uh, Mike Zimmer loves to tout. We're only 15th in rushing. We're up to 11th in points, uh, which was higher than last year. Uh, we've only taken 18 sacks, which is very good. And we're yeah. first when it comes for not turning over the football. We've only turned it over nine times. Whereas you get here, their defense is 22nd in yards, 14th against the pass, 27th against the rush. And uh, they're first in sacks. We used to be first. They took over. They're first in sacks. And uh, they're 29th in turnovers, uh, giving away 11, or taking away 11, only 11. We've only given away uh, we've only had nine turnovers on offense this the season. The entire season, yeah. Why does it feel that those turnovers are the at at the worst possible moments? Those nine turnovers are? are the literal worst possible timing turnovers. Well, a lot of it is I would, we get turnovers and we don't produce points. We give away these nine, and they. I'd rather have double that amount. Points. Well, maybe I wouldn't, but I think you get what I'm trying to get at. Those nine, those nine turnovers have cost us so much in these games. Yep. 
Um, here we flip it. Our defense is 16th going down for PFF, 17th overall in football outsiders. Uh, we can see we're at the bottom of the league when it comes to the, the raw stat numbers, yards, passing, rushing. We're second in sacks with 36. And uh, we're 16th at getting turnovers. So, hey. Another there. point to call out here on, on, your, on your defensive rankings here for the Vikings. 29th, everybody listening, 29th in run defense. After signing Dalvin Tomlinson, Sheldon Richardson, Michael Pierce, bringing Pierce back Everson Griffin, having Daniil Hunter, we are still 29th in well, run defense. And part of that is those four guys in the middle – the uh, meaty boys they, is what they were nicknamed during training camp by the linebackers. Yes. Had never played together this season. At least one of them, if not all of them, had been always out. been out. Yep. And, uh, well, and, and we've been getting eaten alive on outside zone. I mean, we have all year long. Up the middle, we've actually I, – I think I saw a stat the other day. Up the middle, we're actually not that bad. If they're trying to run inside stuff – Again, it, typically it's harder to run great inside stuff anyway, but we get eaten alive in outside zone. What What's being the factor there? That's your defensive ends. That's your linebackers. Yeah. That's your corners and safeties. That and we are just not well. – and we're just not getting it done what's, out there. And I don't know what it is because Kendricks is still here for most of the season. He's, you know, yeah, bars, most been plays, in and out. Outside run is the responsibility of the defensive end. You take Hunter out. One of them hasn't been that good against it. Actually, Sheldon Richardson in the past couple of games has been good at it. Um, but when we're playing flip-flopping defensive ends, even when Everson was in there, it wasn't all that great. They would get outside. And if they get outside, the responsibility of the DN, if there's an outside run, is to string. Push it back inside. Well, string the run outside. If the back's still going across, that's fine. You can string him out all the way to the sideline. That's that's cool. If you do that, then in the corners got to come up and do the contain bit. Um, oh yes, yeah, right. If if the running back turns in on the defensive end, the defensive end has got to close on that, and he is contained and make sure nobody else is coming around. But at the, I mean, by this time, the running back's already got the ball. He's got to contain, and he's pushing it in. He's got to attack the running ball, and then your outside linebacking position has to stop that run. That's how that system works. Um, and it hasn't because we've had linebackers injured, we've had defensive ends is injured, and it, they have never gotten it to work correctly all season long. Now, like I said, Richardson's playing better. We're surprised he's actually been effective as a defensive end, and part of that is contained. He's done that well. Um, we'll see more of that because obviously he's probably going to be in there the rest of the season. Wanham is yeah. getting better, but when you take you know that third, fourth rounder and try to make him the next Daniel Hunter, it's a it's a risk. <laughs> Amen, Lene. Need more bourbon. You're sipping it. I guess technically I'm sipping it too, but you're sipping it through a straw. Straw. Uh, I can't do that out of a straw. Dang. Well, mine's mixed. So. Uh, all right, so we got we got the rankings, <laughs> offense and defense. What you drinking, uh, Lene? 
if you got the shots ready. So so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about the players, right? I think we're oh. going to skip lightning round tonight. Nope, nope, nope. Am I jumping ahead, Dave? Yeah, you're jumping ahead. After we get oh, offense, shit, defense, right. we always hit special teams. My bad, my bad. You will see special teams. We've stayed the same at fifth. We've got decent special teams. Our kickers are doing actually well. There's, there was no miss because we kept going for two last week. Uh, punter Barry does well. They're going up slightly, but they're middle of the road, so we'll see. Yes, Joseph, bourbon is brain food. I agree with you. And uh, then we get to the injury report. You touched on this, Matt. Yeah. Vikings, Darison, Thielen are already out. Bynum, Lynch, and Cook are questionable. I don't see I'd have either Mark Cook out, but he's questionable. He's been trying. Uh, I'd be shocked if mm-hmm. they suited him up to play tomorrow. I would be too. Um, Steelers, there's no real big names on that Steeler list that I saw. Joe Hayden is probably the biggest. Is the biggest. Um, was a starter, but I think everybody else is relative backups. So Yeah. And my last graphic for this setup was this. The four guys, the linebackers, and the meaty boys finally getting yes. together. <laughs> and, and, and good timing, and good timing too, because, we're, I mean, granted, I know by the numbers, they're maybe not the best in the league. I know they're struggling pretty hard just having good quality offensive line play. You look at, um, you know, Dan Moore is a starting left tackle. I mean, that's not good. Luckily for them, we just don't have any defensive ends to really combat that. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, I was a little worried about Najee Harris being able to just tear us apart. And if they do run outside zone, uh, they're going to be able to do that. But traditionally, they're just kind of run up the middle, uh, power run type team. Mm-hmm. So they're not out trying to get into the outside zones as much. Um, so we'll see if they adjust their game plan to be able to uh, account for the fact that we do have those big boys up front again. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, let's go over you know, their offensive you know. weapons. Yeah. Yeah. We, of course, got the Ancient One and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think that we can sleep on Ben Ben Roethlisberger yet. I know that there's been clips out there, right, of him, like, falling over while he's throwing a screen pass. And, like, the, the media is definitely talking up the fact that he's probably going to retire pretty soon at the end of the season. But, but did he line up for a snap under his guard? <laughs> <laughs> has he ever has he ever lined up Nothing under his guard i'm just saying i think i think both teams are kind of on a similar path like you mentioned outside of the playoffs looking in with a chance to make oh my gosh i just got a, a notification uh if if viking fans want any more salt in their wound daniel carlson just signed a four-year, $18.4 million extension with the Raiders to be their kicker wow. <laughs> long-term. Hey, that, the guy that, that's great. Cut. That's great, though, because I would never want to pay a kicker that much money. So that's fine. Let them do that. Uh, but anyway, back to Ben Roethlisberger. He's been in these moments before, right? People mm-hmm. counting him out, whatever. His, he may not have the arm strength he used to, but you know what he does have? He's got a really good receiving core. He's got a really good running back. And he doesn't have to shoulder the load 
with this Steelers offense. He just has to be a game manager. And that's what scares the shit out of me with the Steelers this weekend is they don't have to do much to try and beat our defense. Mm-hmm. They've also got a decent tight end, Frymuth. Yeah, the rookie. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what do you think about the, the Steelers wide receivers matched up against our DBs? We get Patrick Peterson packed this weekend. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I don't think that any of these uh, are, are receivers are going to be like shadow worthy. Like, I don't think he's going to be following anyone around. But they're he, mm-hmm. they have two really two really good young receivers. Deontay Johnson's no joke. He is a he is a uh, very good route runner. Um, this year, he is shown to have really strong hands, even though last year was quite bad, uh, quite poor at catching the ball, but this year he's right at the yeah. ship. Uh, and, and he's really good after the catch. I mean, uh, I, I think he can make moves uh, if in position to do so uh, after the catch to make some big plays. He showed that last week, scoring two touchdowns um, against uh, my fantasy defense. Um, and then in terms, of, uh, in terms of Chase Claypool, again, another just big body, really fast, deep ball receiver. Um, he can make plays in the middle of the field as well. Uh, strong hands for the most part. Again, he does drop some, but, uh, you know, that's tough when he might be matched up on Breland who has had his fair share of troubles this year against big, strong receivers. So, um, so big Ben's going to have some opportunities, I think, to take some shots. Um, and then of course, uh, they have James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod. Those guys are just kind of, um, middle of the road kind of backup receivers they're they're obviously out juju smith schuster who's uh, out with an injury and then uh as dave alluded to pat fryermuth uh he's not um i don't think he's some sort of like athletic miracle or anything like that but he is a matchup guy um he can get open he runs decent routes for a big man he has really good hands um, so red zone threat, uh, good on the kind of intermediate routes. And uh, like I said, it's going to make the catch of the ball thrown its way unless we get a pass breakup. So I think our safeties and linebackers do have a challenge with him. Um, even though he's not going to burn you, I don't think he's going to do a ton after the catch, but what he will do is catch the ball. He makes big catches all the time, uh, including touchdowns and big first downs. So, um, I think this offense, uh, from the pass catching standpoint is nothing to be, um, uh, uh, we we sh- we should definitely be concerned about. I should say, and then of course Najee Harris, who can also yeah. catch the ball out of the backfield. I want to address Steve real quick. He asked, said Cam Dantzler spots the team a touchdown. Right after the game, Cam Dantzler called and talked to Patrick Peterson. And this is per Patrick Peterson, and asked what did he do wrong on that last play. And Patrick Peterson told him. Yeah, if you guys don't listen to All Things Covered by Patrick Peterson, his podcast, phenomenal weekly, go take mm-hmm. a listen. Um, and he talked about, no, you got to guard the line. And then if he goes behind you, then you trail with him. Because um, it's a harder throw for the quarterback. That Chuck that up to inexperience and learning. That's that whole, it takes a while to learn that step from college to pro stuff. Uh, and it's a good thing that Dantzler asked, you know, but you learned that in high school. Like that's what, that's the part that bothers me is I was, I was a DB in high school, like in like literally like junior year. And I wasn't very good. I didn't play a lot. Uh, I didn't play really at all unless we were blowing out a team, but 
what we did do is we did learn that if you're in that situation, you stop at the goal line the, you, and you let, the and you let them beat you. And then because they, go behind you, they have 10 them. yards to work with. They have yeah. 10 yards to work with. It's got to be a pinpoint laser pass. Like it's very hard to do. I learned that as a backup in junior year varsity high school football. And you are, what, two plus another four plus another two years in the league. I mean, that's four years, eight years more of experience he should have had to understand that play. Yeah. That's where I have an issue. Dave. But you're right, you Dave. Have... It's good that he's asking for advice. Yeah. It's good he's asking for advice. Dave, do you have defense, uh-huh. defensive pictures to uh-huh. share? This is going to be the our biggest. biggest our right biggest there. worries here are TJ Watt. He's uh-huh. a he is he's going to get off the passer. Uh, they move him around a lot, so he's going to go against both Udo and O'Neal, uh, depending on the matchup and what they're trying to do in that situation. And they and they have uh, Cam Hayward. I'm sure you have a graphic for him too. I um, do. I think Cam Hay- Cam Hayward. I think is playing some of the best football he's had in his career. Even though he's kind of later in his career, he is a beast this year. And so that's another guy we really have to worry about. And who do they have next to Cam Hayward on the inside? Ooh, I'm drawing a blank. Chris oh. Wormley. Yeah, I'm taking a. Devin Bush is not playing. Well, this year, is he? Chris Wormley, our interior offensive line and whatever side Watt lines up on is going to have the test of their lives. It is going to be a difficult game for those guys. Uh, Ezra Cleveland looks to be the one that's going to take the brunt of that. He is... uh, it's it's going to be these guys got to play up, and we do not know who's starting. They asked Mike Zimmer, what was it yesterday? Yesterday or this morning, and he said they know who's starting. And they go, well, what's the start? Are you changing the starting lineup? And he goes, I'm not saying. Oh uh, well, I thought I saw it reported actually today that it was the same lineup as last, last week. week? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, it's going to be Udo, Cle- Udo Cleveland, Bradbury, Cole, um, yeah. O'Neill. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, I don't know. Maybe that's speculation, but I think that tweet came from like Cronin or. Um, and I, or I wouldn't doubt that they played as a whole relatively well. I mean, Udo yeah. is. If he could just stop the penalties, that would improve dramatically. Well, and then, uh, and less, then even, uh, even their secondary is good too. I mean, they got uh, or their their other rusher, Alex Highsmith, a high energy guy that that gets after the passer too. So no one to look overlook there. And then their secondary, they got uh, Edmonds and and Minka Fitzpatrick. Obviously, he's the big name. And then yep. they got my boy yep. Trey Norwood, who is playing surprisingly well. I thought he was going to be like a backup at best in the league, and coming in as a rookie uh, from Oklahoma, he is doing really, really well. So uh, he, yeah. I think, mans the slot for them, which is at best what I thought he'd be in the NFL as a slot, or uh, I thought he had to have to play safety. And he, I think he has a couple picks this year um, and manning the slot pretty well. So he likely is going to get the matchup against his former OU brother, D.D. Westbrook, um, who is going to be starting for us in, as, as our third receiver. So should be interesting to see how that all works out. Yeah, and Steve brings out a comment. He said, "With Thielen out, JJ most likely to be doubled. I think I think JJ will get his 
his fair share tomorrow. I don't know if it's a KJ Osborne game. I feel like it's more a Tyler Conklin game tomorrow night, or could be. Um, um, a DD Westbrook. I, I don't want to call it a I'm breakout. Get, I'm game, getting but... my redemption party. I'm getting my redemption party that game. I'm going to be just if he blows up. I'm going to get just blasted. Like I'm D.D. so Westbrook? excited. For, he finally gets his opportunity. Uh, Kirk missed him. Ryan. He was he was running down the field wide open. Like he well he wasn't wide open, but he was had a, like four steps on a corner or whatever whoever was covering him. And Kirk throwed threw it yeah. to him. All he had to do was lob it to the end zone. That's a touchdown. <clears throat> Underthrew him, pass breakup. Actually, Didi, I think, had to save an interception against the Lions. I'm like, dude, like that's all he does. Like he gets open. <laughs> like it, it's hard when he does get open, which hasn't been often this year. It's usually he's getting open deep, and you got to give it to him. Got to give him that chance to make the play, and they, he didn't do it. So, hey, we need Ryan, to move to predictions. Yeah, I I want to ask Ryan one section or one question quick. It's maybe it's maybe more of a bet. Uh, if D.D. Westbrook has his breakout game tomorrow, mm-hmm. what is the threshold for you buying his jersey? Like, oh. is it like, is it like one <laughs> one twenty in a touchdown? Is it like three touchdowns? And what is your threshold for me to like force no. you to buy his jersey? Not much of a jersey guy. Like, I stopped kind of buying jerseys a little while ago after. Or that whole AP thing happened, um, but um, I mean, I'll, I'll buy his jersey if he goes for if he goes for a hundred and, and a touchdown. I'd buy his jersey. I, it might be China made jersey, but it's still what's the timestamp? Hour nine oh nine. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna post. Yeah, I'll it. buy his jersey. A hundred and a touchdown. And I'll buy uh, okay. a China-made a jersey that won't arrive until he's no longer on the team. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, Dave, we don't we're not doing a lightning round tonight, yeah. but I do want to hear the music if you can fire it up for us sure. as we we go through predictions here. It just gets me in all in my feels, you know. <laughs> uh, I am going to ask you guys for at least a bold prediction, and if you're listen, if you're in the chat right now, hit us with some bold predictions for tomorrow night. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. Give me a bold prediction for tomorrow night's game. Well, my bold prediction last week was Kirk was going to throw four touchdown passes. We all saw that. How that? Um, <laughs> we all failed that. Mine was uh, Greg Joseph wouldn't kick a real field goal. So I will say, how'd that go? The four starters on the defensive line: Wana, Richardson, Pierce, and Tomlinson all get a sack. Ooh. Oh. They're going on a sack Four fest sack tomorrow game. night. There you go. All right. The sack I already hunters. gave mine. I already gave mine. D.D. Westbrook's going for 100 and a tutty, and I'm stupid hyped for it to happen. <laughs> Every right, single time we right. drop back to pass and he's on the field, I'm just going to scream, he's open! Every single time. I already do that anyway when he's on the field, but I'm definitely going to be doing it tomorrow night. Uh, my bold prediction is tomorrow night Justin Jefferson breaks 200 yards receiving. Oh, I was And he continues this dominant run that he is on, which is one of if not the best four-game stretch of any Viking wide receiver 
It's the in best a Viking history. Is it the best right yeah, now? It's the best. He's already beat yeah. Ross and those guys for four games. Clifford, that is quite the bold prediction. The Vikings put their first complete game together <laughs> and get a double-digit win. The, that was what happened last week, and I couldn't do it. Damn. <laughs> the Vikings are favored by three. The over-under is 43-and-a-half, which is low. Mark Larson, Dantzler gets a pick six. I like that one. Uh, uh, Steve says KJ breaks 100 yards. Got a lot of them here tonight, but uh, let's get to uh, let's get to some predictions and, and call this one a, a show. Uh, I'll just get mine out of the way. Everybody knows what I'm going to do. <laughs> I... Vikings and the Vikings will win. This is this might be the first week I'm not confident that they're going to win. This might be the first week. <laughs> Uh, which is strange, right? But this, I think I'm going to go. Steelers just came off that big emotional win. We came twenty to seventeen. Comparison, to Vikings win. We do finally win. We we can't escape these one one score games exactly. though. So be ready for another another heart a heartache tomorrow night. Though this time. We will probably win. Ryan? I'm going to go with us winning as well uh, in another tight one. Uh, 20, 24, 21. Um, Dave, Dave, before you go, we had a guest of the show, right? It was Darren. Darren. Darren's already made his pick. Darren, what what did he have? Unlike Darren, Darren's the pessimist in the group. He doesn't believe in this year's team, but he has selected the Vikings to win, 23-27. Oh, God, so many close scores. Dave, what are you hitting us with? Can't well, I don't, speak first off, Dave, what I are you hitting us with? I, I think it's going to go over that 43-and-a-half. Um but if, if we go by how this season's gone, it's going to be a one-score game. So, our defense is healthier. I think that's going to be the big surprise, is having those four guys in the middle and Patrick Peterson back. Um, let's look for like a Vikings 31, Pittsburgh 17. And it'll be the second oh. game we actually put away. Hopefully, you know we'll what, do Dave? most of it in the first half. Like I yelled about I can ha- on Sunday. Dave, if, if, if you guess that score 100%, and I'll let you change it, too, right now. I'll, I'll make you a bet. If you can guess the score <laughs> perfectly, I will ship you a bottle of Four Roses. Sweet. You want to stick with that 31-17? Yeah, all right, I'm I'm full. I'm, it's 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 almost Christmas time. I'm in the giving <laughs> mood. Dee's uh, gonna have two of those touchdowns. So I I, I don't care who gets who. It could be CJ Ham, oh. a thirty yard pass down the middle. I'm cool. <laughs> oh man! We'll well, I want to I want to give a huge shout out uh, to everybody in chat tonight. They were they were lighting it up. Um, I do have a request from the people in chat and the people listening. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we are 15 subscribers away on our YouTube channel. 15 away from 1,000. So if you have not, please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Climb the, Climbing the Pocket. If you already have, share it with a friend. Share it with a family member. Uh, it's a cheap gift, right? You can just give this away as a gift in, in this, for this Christmas or this holiday season and say, hey, here's your gift. It's a subscription to Climb in the Pocket. It's free, by the way. All you have to do is just <laughs> click subscribe. Uh, but get us to that 1,000 mark, uh, and, and, and we can just keep growing from there. Uh, Dave and Ryan, thank you for joining tonight. Uh, really quick turnaround this week. I love the short weeks. Um, because that means I can actually enjoy my weekend. Uh, you guys can all catch Dave here tomorrow night with Jason and Flip after the game for CTP final score. And then a rare occurrence, Dave gets the first show after the game on Saturday with Mm-mm. Darren Campbell. Mm-mm. You're not doing no, it? No, we're not. First show will be CTP Mondays next week. Take it off the weekend. Everybody too. gets a weekend off. I've so got to clean that. I've got number two daughter coming down the 18th to visit. All right. And she's going to spend the time here through Christmas. So I got to help get everything ready in the, the apartment and stuff. So, All right. Well, then, CTP final score tomorrow night. We'll take the weekend off, mini bye week for us. We'll be back Monday. We'll try and secure Doogie Darren Wolfson for this show next Wednesday night as we're hopefully coming off a win and hoping to go into Soldier Field on Monday Night Football and secure win number two. So with that being said, from everybody here tonight at Vikings Happy Hour and Climbing the Pocket, what do we say, Ryan? Skull Vikings. You can find all of us up on Twitter as well and Facebook. So, Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.